are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. They're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to the always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work, my packages, to my articles, to my photos, and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you, the listener, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. But what are we talking about on today's pod? Well, we got part two with Ryan Finkelstein of Locked On Mets breaking down the, I got one final question for him about the Mets offseason, and then we're discussing the MLB Hall of Fame ballot. I give him some my logic as to why I voted some of those controversial players into the Hall of Fame, and he gives me his take on the players as well. So it's a very fun back and forth discussion on the MLB Hall of Fame. So let's jump right into the podcast with Ryan Finkelstein of Locked On Mets. But I think the reason why starring Marte is so fast is the socks he wears, Ryan. I think he wears Stance socks because if you didn't know, founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings in atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. I got me a pair of Stan socks. I think I'm going to be buying my brother a pair of Stan socks this Christmas because he loves Stan socks too. So I think I'm going to surprise his stocking with a little stance. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That's the, that though, that's for those who feel good and do good. Go see yourself. Go see for yourself. Excuse me. I, I am butchering this stance read. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of less of enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. I'm sorry, Stance. I butchered that live read a little bit. There was a couple of typos in that live read. So I'm not gonna say I'm taking all the blame here, but Brian. Let's get back into the conversation, and I just want to switch it up a little bit. Actually, I have one more question about the offseason before I ask you about the Hall of Fame and I get you out of here. The Mets have a whole bunch of free agents, their own free agents, pending free agents that are available right now on the market, and I think that some teams are going to be interested in them, like uh, Michael Conforto, uh, Jonathan Villar, Uris Familia. Do you see the Mets bringing back any of those guys? Because I think Conforto is the guy that a lot of people are going to be keeping their eyes on. He's not a superstar kind of player, but he's that kind of guy that could give you all-star level production without without the all-star level price tag on some days. So do you feel like any of those Mets free agents could be coming back to the franchise after this lockout? Uh, Conforto's definitely gone after they've added the two outfielders. And also the Mets get a comp pick back uh, for, for, for the quali- giving him the qualifying offer. So that's even more incentive not to sign him at this point. So Conforto's gone. But the other two that you mentioned, I would not be surprised if either of them comes back. Jonathan Villar, if the Mets don't add another infielder 
um, or, or any position player, I guess, down the stretch of free agency, I could see them reuniting with VR and having him come off the bench and, you know, getting some time all over the place again. Uh, although I think he's probably going to be looking for a starting job somewhere. So I wouldn't say that's a likely possibility, but I just would say it is a possibility. Familia, I could definitely see in a Mets uniform again. Uh, last time he was a free agent, he went right to the Mets and said, I wanted to come back. Um, the Mets overpaid him in retrospect as he did not have a good three years, but he definitely got better over the course of that last three-year contract. I don't think he's going to cost a ton to bring back. Uh, you look at his stuff, it's still very good. He still throws hard, still has a ton of movement. Still walks too many batters and gave up way too many home runs this year. But I think you can project that that he's not going to give up that many home runs next season. And it's still a reliever that I think can give a team a, a 3-5 ERA and pitch 65 innings out of your bullpen, which is still very valuable. So that one I could see coming back for sure. Uh, VR, like I said, a little bit less of a possibility, but still a possibility. Yeah, the reason I want to ask, because I wouldn't be upset if the D-backs want to go after any through them. Conforto could be that high ceiling, high reward kind of a guy if the D-backs want to go after him. And he probably won't break the bank. I'm guessing he might have a little bit of an expensive price tag, but I don't think he'll break the bank like some other free agents. Maybe he'll look for that Starling Marte, Marcana, somewhere in that range kind of a deal. Jonathan Villar... D-backs desperately need some corner infield help, so maybe he could be an option too. They desperately need, desperately need some bullpen help as well, so maybe Familia could be a target for them as well. So I've been looking at these Mets free agents as put, as potential targets for the D-backs this offseason because I think a lot of these Mets free agents fill the holes that the D-backs need. But I want to switch the conversation up a little bit and take it to the MLB Hall of Fame. I won't keep you too much longer, but there's a few players I want to ask you about. I got six written down. We could go through them really quickly each and the first guy i want to talk to you about it's going to be the most controversial guys on this ballot just i just kind of want to see where your head is compared to mine because i haven't really talked to any other locked on hosts about this year's mlb hall of fame ballot so i just kind of want to know how other people feel about these uh you know controversial characters that we have on the ballot this year so the first one is a kurt schilling i don't think i really have to give too long of a spiel about kurt schilling but really good regular season guy bolstered by the postseason track record but of course his post-playing career has been mired in controversy and he said a lot of disgusting things but do you still believe the character clause should be enacted and he's not a hall of famer or do you just think he might not be a hall of famer because of the stats or you're like you know what screw the character clause he was a great player during his prime let's put him in the hall of fame ryan fingelstein and i will be back to discuss the mlb hall of fame ballot but BetOnline has you covered all season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
This episode is also brought to you by Stance. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings in atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. I love Stance, and I will be getting a pair for Christmas. It is going on my Christmas list. I am begging Santa for a pair of Stance socks this winter. Sans believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. We want you to feel good when you wear those Stan socks. So go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first port and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code locked on at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a less of a life less ordinary with Stance. And finally, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There are so many flavors when it comes to Built Bar. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you'll need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, you will be too. Go tell Santa to throw a few Bilt Bars in those stockings. And don't forget to dip your Bilt Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Like some of those marshmallow treats around the holidays, get your hands on some Bilt Bar Puffs. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. I usually tend to lean more towards play on the field, and I also, I don't know, I, I don't want to say I'm, I'm an NBA like an NBA Hall of Fame voter where everyone should be in, but I do <laughs> think you need to you need to remember some of the players that were a huge part of the game during their eras. And Kurt Schilling uh, certainly boosted by his incredible performances in the playoffs. Uh, has a Hall of Fame resume. I, I would say that um, I'm less sold on him as a Hall of Famer as I am on some of the other controversial guys like Roger mm-hmm. Clemens and Barry Bonds, where the two of them, to me, were just so much better than everyone in their era that it's just – I think – is this the last year on the ballot? Yeah, I think this is the last year. Yeah, and, and I don't think that they're going to get in. Um, and uh, I think that's a mistake. But, yeah, it's – Schilling's a little bit more of a toss-up for me, but a lot of these guys, I, I'm I'm more likely to say yes based on the performance on the field. Yeah, when it comes to the character clause, I apply it more, at least my interpretation of it, I apply it more to the player's career. So was he a bad guy during his career? Not really so much post-playing career because, of course, I, like everyone else, I think locked on network, uh, you know, on the MLB side, we all denounce anything Kurt Schilling has said, but that doesn't mean he wasn't a great player during his prime. So I think personally for me, I've talked about on my pod, I would put Kurt Schilling in my Hall of Fame, but you mentioned Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, of course, highly suspected steroid users. And I think we kind of know at this point that they did do steroids. But for you, do you not really care about the steroids for when it comes to Hall of Fame? Or do you have like certain gray areas for it? Because for me, I'm all about the Mitchell Report. Prior to 2007, the Mitchell Report coming out, if you did steroids pre-Mitchell Report, I do not care. You should be a Hall of Famer. But if you've tested positive and been suspended post-Mitchell Report when baseballs really cared about this crackdown, then I don't then I don't think you should be a Hall of Famer. So basically the Manny Ramirez's 
the A-Rods for me. They don't qualify, but Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens, they would be in my Hall of Fame because it was pre-Mitchell Port. So for you, how do you feel about that logic, and do you care at all about steroids when it comes to Hall of Fame voting? Um, it's, it's definitely tough. I, I, I agree with a lot of what you just said there. Like A-Rod is such a, I mean, his stats are obviously <laughs> Hall of Fame worthy, but yeah. he got suspended, what was it, two, three times? I mean, he's been suspended twice, I think, or know. he's been technically suspended once, but he admitted to using steroids back when he was on the Rangers. Yeah. And so it's, it's really tough. The one thing I'll say is, uh, are we going to penalize the guys that were doing greenies in the eighties or all the other ways that, that players have been cheating all these years. Baseball uh, has a history of cheating. That's just the reality. And so it's, it, it's, you have to take a case by case basis. And so if we're talking about Clemens and bonds, I think their case is, is just so much. It's so overwhelming that they were hall of famers that I would put them in. You look at Sammy Sosa never tested positive, but if you look at his career trajectory, it yeah. does seem like steroids were what made Sammy Sosa who he was. So with that, I would not have Sosa in. McGuire is like another tough one because I think, you know, he had some years in Oakland where he probably wasn't on the juice and was performing like a Hall of Famer. But, uh, I mean, what do you take from all those years in St. Louis? So it, it really is case by case. Uh, when it comes to the steroid guys, again, for me, Clemens and Bonds are, are the two that I, I, I'm most hell-bent on that they should be in the Hall of Fame. Okay, and I kind of put Sosa in my Hall of Fame, too, for the same reasons I put Bonds and Clemens in when it comes to the, you know, prior to the Mitchell report. He never tested positive, so I don't mind putting him in, even though, like you said, you can kind of just tell, like, if you look at his baseball references, like, all right, he's a 20, 25 home run guy, then he hits age 32, all of a sudden he's a 65 home run guy for the next four years. So it's definitely interesting, but another reason why I put it, why I put Sosa in, because of what you said earlier about having the stars in the Hall of Fame that meant something to the game. That 98 home run race with Mark McGuire where they were trying to go for 70, like that was one of the greatest seasons in baseball history. He carried the sport. He was a face of the sport. And because of that, we can't erase the history of what he meant to baseball. So I feel like Sammy Sosa has to be in, even though we know he did steroids. If you want to just say cheaters shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, I can't really argue with that. But I think there's a bunch of cheaters already in the Hall of Fame. There's been guys who admitted to using steroids in the Hall of Fame. There's guys who were using steroids back when they were legal, like you said, in the 80s that are now retrograde retroactively illegal and we're not taking those guys out the hall of fame so i'm kind of in on all the controversial guys going into the hall of fame but i got one final guy i want to ask you about and that is david ortiz who kind of falls in the middle of all this he's tested positive according to the metro report but never tested positive post metro report so how do you feel about a big poppy who is also just the dh like he has played more games at dh than i think anyone else who would be elected into the hall of fame so he's not really getting those defensive metrics where do you stand on big poppy hall of famer or not i i have huge bias on big poppy who wasn't a big poppy fan <laughs> there we uh, go around our age i mean i'm sorry the guy was awesome he was awesome in the playoffs uh he's an awesome personality i think because he's so beloved he has a better chance than a lot of these guys to get in because i think you know, if you're 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 trying to play out this morality clause and you're trying to decide, I think you're just going to think about Big Poppy and voters are just going to tend to check that box and want him in the hall. I I think that you know his reputation uh, off the field is is just so so spectacular that I think that people are going to ignore um, you know the Mitchell report and also he was going through testing for all those later stages of his career. I mean, even his last season, the guy could barely run or even walk. 
and he's still hitting over 300. I mean, I think that guy, you put him in the box, he'd still hit two for four today. So, yeah, David Ortiz to me is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, Big Poppy. for anyone who needs to look it up, go look up his last season in baseball. He was like 40 years old and had he, – he was maybe a top five player in baseball that year, at least from a position player standpoint at the plate. Like, he was phenomenal. Big Poppy, I think, gets lumped in a lot of times with A-Rod when we look at this Hall of Fame conversation because of the Mitchell report. They allegedly both tested positive earlier. I actually found out doing some research that they both were on the same Dominican team when they were teenagers. So these two have kind of been linked at the hip basically throughout their whole career. One played on the Red Sox. One played on the Yankees, of course. But when you look at the, the two different, the, the main difference to me between these two is basically the personality. Like A-Rod at every turn. No one liked A-Rod. You had managers call him A-Fraud. You had people call him other nicknames. His teammates didn't like him. His managers didn't like him. Heck, Yankee fans only loved him during the 2009 season after the World Series. And then as soon as that biogenesis scandal came up, they were back off the A-Rod bandwagon. So right then and there, Big Poppy, the man who rallied the Boston community around the marathon bombing. This man has been so much to the city of Boston. He's been such a bigger-than-life personality. Like you said, I'm totally biased toward Big Poppy. Grew up on the East Coast. I love Big Poppy. Watching him growing up. I'm a huge fan. So Big Poppy's definitely a Hall of Famer for me. A-Rod is not. But... Is there anyone else on the ballot that we didn't talk about today that you feel might be getting overlooked or that you feel strongly as a Hall of Famer that maybe others don't feel about? Uh, for me, it's been Billy Wagner for a long time. Mm. I mean, Billy Wagner's numbers are just ridiculous. You compare what he did, and the fact is the sample size is just smaller than some other Hall of Famers. But, I mean, you can make an argument. One of the most dominant left-handed relievers of all time, one of the best closers of all time, and I think it's a shame he's not in the Hall yet. And yeah, probably I won't get in either, honestly. Yeah, I was looking. His numbers are pretty insane. If you think Joe Nathan or Jonathan Papelbon's a Hall of Famer, I think you basically have to pull it, put Billy Wagner in the Hall of Fame too. Basically, all three of those guys are top ten in career saves. Like, I don't know what more what more you have to do to be a Hall of Fame closer than to finish top ten in saves for your career. I feel like that's kind of all you need. Uh, so I'm definitely I would probably put Billy Wagner in my Hall of Fame. I did my Hall of Fame ballot on my pod yesterday. I didn't have Billy Wagner on there, but the only reason is because I was more biased toward players I watched growing up. I didn't really get into baseball. I, I didn't really get into baseball until like around 20, 2009, 2010. So I didn't get a chance to see a ton of Billy Wagner's career. That's the only reason why I didn't have him on. But just looking from a, t- a statistical standpoint, he's probably a Hall of Famer. Again, he's like top 10 and saves all time. But let me Ryan, throw two stats at you real quick here. Okay. 231 career ERA for Billy Wagner, 11.9 strikeouts per nine. The guy was unbelievably dominant. Yeah, the dude was dominant for like, there was like, what, eight, nine-year run where he was basically like a 2-5 guy or lower every season. Like, Billy Wagner was definitely a stud in his prime. I also think a Jonathan Papelbon and a Joe Nathan should be in as well. Nathan's a weird one because he didn't become like a closer until like the age of 29, but it won the best seven-year stretches in a closer's history of any closer in MLB history. He had one of the best seven-year stretches ever. And Jonathan Papelbon, uh, same kind of deal, but I think he's kind of like a Kurt Schilling, really good regular season. But if you go look at Papelbon's postseason, he didn't give up an earned run through his first 17 outings. He only has one outing in his entire postseason career where he gave up an earned run. So I think all the closers on this year's ballot are Hall of Famers, even though they might seem like fringe guys. I think if you really dive into the numbers, you might change your mind on that opinion. Ryan, I'm going to get you out of here today. I've had you on for a hot minute, over over 30 minutes now. But before I let you go, the Lockdown listeners who are not watching this on YouTube, where can they find you online, social media, YouTube? Where can they find you, Ryan? 
So, yeah, they can find Locked On Matches by searching that on YouTube. You can find us wherever you find Locked On Diamondbacks. You can find me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can find the show at Locked On Mets. Ryan, thank you for hopping on today. Thank you for giving me your time today because I know it's late out there on the East Coast. I'm working on the West Coast. So I always appreciate these uh, cross-country crossovers because uh, I know you guys have to stay up late for me. So I really appreciate it, Ryan. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. That is Ryan Finkelstein of Locked On Mets. Thank you to everyone to thank you to everyone who tuned in to today's edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Come back next week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. We're gonna have more pods, of course. Thank you for making Locked On Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you, the listener, free and available on all platforms. Thank you, and as always, please stay safe and stay healthy out there. Deuces.